Hey, welcome to the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast, where we are never at a loss for having an abundance of uh, current issues to talk about and try to analyze from a Christian worldview perspective. You know, at the end of the day, we're not trying to talk about D's and R's or this group or that group. We're trying to take the truth of God's Word and apply it in an objective and fair way uh, to what's going on in our culture to give us the wisdom that we need to live our lives for Jesus Christ and to live under his lordship. And, you know, Pastor Andrew, I, I was just reminded as we're doing this, this introduction, when God called Israel out and he spoke to them, he gave them the Ten Commandments, he made a covenant with them as his people. He said that there were two things that would separate them from the rest of the nations. And these were two things that were critical for their life and their health and for their blessing. Number one was the fact that God actually spoke and he gave them his views on things. He gave them his laws. Yeah. And so they didn't have to try to figure it out the hard way. You know, So if, if God has spoken and we know what his word says and we obey his word, he says, you're going to be blessed. The second thing he said is, if you obey me, yeah. God's presence would dwell among them and God's presence would bring blessing. It would bring protection. It would bring provision. And so those two things are what America needs right now. We need the word of the Lord and we need to embrace it and obey it. Yeah. And we need the presence of God. We need the living, active, dwelling, uh, supernatural presence of Jesus working on our behalf to bring forth blessing uh, to people and to destroy and scatter all of his enemies. And, uh, and man, if we need that now more than ever. But those two things were, are precious to me, the word of God and the presence of God, uh, the spirit and the, and the word coming together. And that's, that's what we're endeavoring to do. Uh, in our lives is what this podcast is all about. And um, and I wanted to begin with a little bit of word, and then I want to jump into an amazing word that Pastor Andrew shared uh, this last Sunday and just do a little recap on that. But, you know, we're only a week away <clears throat> from Thanksgiving celebration, and I wanted to read uh, Psalm 100. It says, Shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are, the, we are his people. We're the sheep of his pasture. Therefore, we're admonished to enter his gates with thanksgiving and to go into his courts with praise, to give thanks to him, to praise his name. Here's why. For the Lord is good and his unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues to each generation. What a strong admonishment to get our eyes off of everything going on around us and to come together, which is what the church is supposed to be doing now, to come together corporately, to give thanks to the Lord, joyful thanksgiving, to praise him because we are his, we're the sheep of his pasture, he's our God, uh, and uh, and this, is, this should be the heartbeat of what the church is demonstrating right now. But unfortunately, that's not the case. And, and Sunday, you know, you did such an amazing job uh, talking about uh, obeying the Lord, hearing his voice, and really facing our fears. And I, I want you to talk about that. Have you had some good feedback, first of all? Yeah. You know, I sometimes you you hear a good message, you're inspired, and you're like, oh, that's good. And then by some Well, it was I, for you. You know, God's speaking to your heart. Right, you're kind of right. sharing the overflow with us. Overflow. But, you know, <coughs> but by Sunday afternoon, often, you know, after, after lunch, you're like, what was that Sunday's message about? And, you know, my challenge and my exhortation from this message is really bring your fears to Jesus. And I feel like that's a very biblical thing. That, that If you study Psalms, David did that over and over and over again. Yeah. 
And that is a practical step. That's not theoretical. Yep. And some of the feedback I've gotten, uh, a lot of it through my wife, uh, people texting my wife, uh, is that people actually are doing that. And for me, that's a huge win. Even, even if I can just get one person, just one person, I, I didn't get them. The Lord brought them. I yep. encourage one person yep. to really bring their fears and be, be free, be liberated from their fear to a certain degree. You know, just to a certain degree, to me, is a major win. Because, again, like I shared on Sunday morning, um, when you are plagued by fear, when fear is a seditious spirit in your heart, you cannot listen to the voice of God. You cannot act. You can't walk in the kingdom of God. I love it. You, you call the fear the traitor within. And yeah. boy, if people need to hear that today. You know, do we have a traitor that has snuck into our hearts who's causing us to lack confidence in God, causing us to move in unbelief uh, and fear? And I, I thought that was a, a, an amazing picture of what fear does. Yeah makes us traitors before the Lord. Yeah, it, it hinders everything we do. It hampers everything we do. I mean, I, I talk to people, I'm like, do you ever feel like you're just going through the same cycle or same sin pattern or same failure pattern or intimacy pattern over and over again? Mm -hmm. After years and years of spiritual activities, you feel like you're not really growing. Yep. A lot of times it's because there's a traitor in camp. He's always, in the point of breakthrough, he's whispering something to you and makes you take the wrong path, yep. you know? I, um, so. I want to apply this nationally, you know, it's interesting. Uh, we can have traitors in our heart, but we can also have traitors in our nation. And I yeah. think when a nation is gripped by hysterical fear that simply does not meet the data, um, we have a traitor within our nation. Fear becomes a traitor and it causes us to be cowards instead of causing us to stand up boldly and to press in. You know, what are we going to do this week on Friday night uh, in the midst of all this uh, hysteria and, and what I call government malfeasance, government overreach, government control, uh, government-inspired fear when we have uh, Joe Biden talking about the uh, the uh, dark winter that's coming and you know, all, again, painting this doom and gloom picture, which is directly opposite of what leadership should be doing. Uh, you know, what, what are we going to do this Friday night? We're going to gather together corporately. We're going to gather together in one place. We're going to sing our lungs out with great passion, and we're going to spend an evening of corporate worship. And yeah. I encourage you, if, you, if you're listening to this podcast and you're local, uh, I've had a number of people call me uh, and say, hey, you know, we don't go to your church, but can we come out and worship? Absolutely. This yeah. is for the body of Christ. What is more fitting uh, in the times in which we're living, then coming together and seeking the Lord and crying out for wisdom and for mercy and just honoring Him uh, during times like we're going through right now. And I can't think of a greater antidote for fear than the presence of the Lord yeah. and singing and celebrating and getting our eyes off of what the media says or the experts are saying or blah, blah, blah and getting our mindset on what God is saying. This is what's fitting for God's people. This is what the church should be doing. Uh, and unfortunately, that's not happening a lot right now. So Yeah, and, and embedded in God's words over and over again when he addresses fear specifically, the antidote, the key he gave us was his closeness, his proximity. Yeah. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Do yeah. not, you know, and you brought that out suddenly, three or four verses. Oh, That is the crux of it. Yeah, he, he he's telling us how to overcome fear is by his presence. But, but... To be in his presence, there's also a level of consecration, a desperation. We got to make room for him. We actually got to make space for him. Yeah. We can't go about our day doing <clears throat> our own thing. We got to abide in him. So, you know, all that ties in together beautifully in, into a group of, of men and women who walk in the kingdom of God without fear. 
So I just want you to know, in every arena of what we're doing here, uh, we're gathering together. We need each other. Uh, The commandment is to come. The commandment is to worship. Uh, And I think what fear tells you is, no, we can't do that. We have to stay at home. We have to stay with this many people. We have to wear a mask at all times. Uh, uh, All of that stuff is nonsense when it comes to what we're to be doing as God's people. We cannot uh, fight a spirit of fear unless we come together corporately to worship the Lord and to be in his presence. That's the commandment of Scripture. And I, you know, I came across some great quotes by Edmund Burke. Edmund Burke was a was an English statesman around the time of our revolution here in 1776. He was a British statesman, and he was a, an eloquent and wise man. And I thought this was especially fitting for where we're at today. He said, "No passion so effectually robs the mind of all of its powers of acting and reasoning as fear." And I see this happening in America today. When fear comes in, you you literally lose your mind. You stop thinking rationally. You yep. stop acting rationally. You stop living like a normal person. Uh, and if you're acting yourself, why why am I you know behaving these ways? Can we suggest to you that maybe you need to deal with the the treasonous person within yep. um, that person within you that's robbing uh, you of your faculties of your right thinking you know when David was attacked with uh, loss and emotion his mind was swirling he was weeping uh, he had lost his son I believe it's Psalm 42 it says in the next few verses that David was uh, took control of his mind by going back to the promises of God mm. and that's what we've got to do as a church what does God say you know, we have this appeal today to the experts, and uh, and I wanted to go. I want to guess transition there right now. You know, we're we're entering a whole new phase of lockdowns. These are not coming from uh, conservative states, uh, generally speaking, like Indiana. These are coming from uh, liberal states, uh, where government control has been part and parcel of the last six months of the lives of the citizens living there, and. Um, uh, I, I want to read something that came out with Tony Perkins Family Research Council. This was called a, a 2020 Thanksgiving stuffed full of lockdowns. Um, he said a new wave of restrictions is coming down hard in places like Chicago, New York, New Jersey, California. Again, these are these are bastions of progressive thought, uh, affecting not just normal activities, but affecting the holidays too. And I want to kind of touch on each of these. Um, this is what uh, the radical Michigan governor, Gretchen Whitmer, told MSNBC this last week. She said, with the vacuum of leadership in Washington, D.C., which is a valued judgment in and of itself, <laughs> it's on the state's governors to do what we can to save lives. Um, can we just highlight, we talked about this, we are not witnessing an upsurge in lost life. Uh, We are having uh, certainly a a flu bug that is spreading. Uh, We're seeing people get normal symptoms like they do during every flu season. We're talking about infection rates going up because we're doing more testing. But bottom line, we are not witnessing an uptick in lost life. We're still seeing a 99.9% recovery rate on COVID-19. The question should be, why are we experiencing more lockdowns, more hysteria, more uh, uh, media-driven doom and gloom, and more allowing of government to take, again, more control because of this, quote, pandemic to rob us of our civil liberties. Um, This is interesting. Um, 
Even Joe Biden is getting on the lockdown bandwagon, insisting that Americans forego their Thanksgiving traditions and cap the feast at 10 eaters, all wearing masks. So now we're, at, we're, now we're telling family members in their own homes they have to wear masks. These are people that live together. I mean, I have 10 people mm -hmm. in my house. I actually have more than 10 people right now because our, my 10 have gone on and married and they've had children. So, so my tribe is growing. But how ridiculous that you as a government official would have the audacity to tell me how many people can come to my house and that I have to wear a mask with my own family in uh, present at my house. This is, this is just stupid beyond stupid. I cannot believe it. But this is where we're at. This is what he said. There should be no group more than 10 people in one room at one time in, in the home. That's what they're telling me. Now, let's talk about this. This is huge. That's what they're telling me. This is Joe Biden, who some have already crowned the president-elect, although that's a whole other issue. Yeah. Um, yeah. But who the media has crowned as president-elect, yeah, even amidst uh, uh, what some are calling the greatest political fraud in the last century, this last election. So we're going to expose that hopefully in the, in the podcast to come as, as the truth comes out. But he says, that's what they told me. Um, I put up a post on my Facebook page this last week, and I said, the thing we should be most concerned about as Americans is we are handing over our power and our government and our authority to unelected experts who are now giving policy recommendations that a lot of these leftist leaders in our country, progressives, are grabbing. You've heard this before. We need to listen to the science. Uh, yes, we need to listen to science. Nobody's saying we shouldn't listen to science. But what we are saying is scientists should not be making policy for Americans. That, in fact, should be coming out of our uh, legislative branch. It should not even be coming from executive branch. It should be coming from the legislative branch. It's the voice of we the people. We're not listening to any of the we the people right now, and it should disturb all of us when somebody at the World Health Organization, who is an expert wearing a white lab coat, tells you that nobody should be celebrating Thanksgiving at your house. That should tick you off, and uh, it should also cause you to not listen to that person. It doesn't mean you're anti-science. It means you're pro-liberty. So let's talk about that a little bit. Should Americans be concerned that people in white lab coats are making policy decisions? Yeah, I think the concern I have was, like, this is where I'm at. You know, I'm... When you say anti-science, again, come with a scientific background, that, that phrase itself is so confusing because science is, itself doesn't make a lot of decisions. Science simply tells you a probability. So people take science, take the data, and they interpret a certain way, and if they don't, you don't like their interpretation, they call you anti-science. We see it used by the left. We see yeah. it used by the right. We see everyone use it. So for me, whoever says you're anti-science, for me, it might as well call me, calling me a name. Like, I just ignore it because there's no substance to it. No, that, that, that's really yeah. good. Because the left is big on intimidation. If you disagree with them, they don't yeah. engage in, in, in argument or discourse or reasoning. They immediately go to name call. Uh, and when you know someone's starting to call you name, and now you're anti-science, now you're anti-choice, yeah. now you're anti-climate, you're anti-education. Anytime that you express a view that is different from that of the mainstream media, uh, now you're anti-whatever, and you're, you're basically viewed as an idiot. And I think we need to we need to 
expose all of that and basically say, who cares what you think? Why don't we get back to the table and start discussing these if things? If you really want to talk science, bring out the data, look at the data. True scientific dis discussion takes the emotion out of it, takes the name calling, it takes the anti this, anti that, and look at the data statistically and you have a real discussion. Like when people have discussion over over scientific reviews and they, they give feedbacks and they go, they go back and forth, not over Facebook or Twitter or just yeah. On TV networks, calling people. Anyway, so that whole thing, I don't even get, okay? Well, and that's what's missing from, from the larger discussion on all of these issues. And that's the point. Nobody should be telling you, no one individual, no executive should be making policy for the entire nation. That, that is a trampling of the separation of powers that our founders and their wisdom understood uh, was essential to a healthy constitutional republic. So, so I, I just want to highlight something that I think is, is very encouraging, even in our own state here of Indiana, which has been mild in, in, in some ways compared to other states. Um, but we just had a, a House concurrent resolution filed uh, by Representative Nisley um, just across uh, uh, down US 30, uh, a little bit east of us here. But basically he points out and uh, that he's looking to uh, get uh, for the General Assembly to terminate public health emergency that was originally declared by the governor on March 6th. Now, let's just go back, okay, because we're dealing with a lot of pastors that are trying to navigate this. On March 6th, that's when our governor said that we were going to have two weeks to flatten the curve. Do you all remember that? Two weeks, it was essential. We didn't yeah. want this surge. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, Christian people, pastors especially, we want to go along. We want to be good citizens. We want to submit to authority. We want to honor and on and on and on. So our church, and I think every church in the state just about, uh, said, okay, we'll shut things down. We will flatten the curve. Here's the problem. And this is what this resolution deals with. It says that the General Assembly terminates the public health emergency originally declared by the governor on March 6th and renewed for an eighth time on November the 1st. So in other words, this is what was frustrating us is we have a two-week flatten the curve that comes to another two weeks, which grows into another two weeks. We've had eight of these executive uh, resolutions. Now, again, these do not carry the power of law. These are, these are suggestions. These are, these are uh, uh, not laws that have been passed through our, our elected process, through our, our Senate, and through our House. And so the problem is these do not have the full weight of law. They're emergencies. But once we've seen that the death rate is not what was expected, that the, you know, that, that the, the experts were wrong on these issues, we still have eight more resolutions. And what Nicely saying is, first of all, we need to stop all of this. We don't need to shut down the economy in Indiana. We need to stop all these draconian measures. But more importantly, and what I hope comes out of this, is that we really begin to curb the power of the governor in a excuse me, in our state, and it should be across the nation, that yes, there are emergency measures, but once these things almost become six months to a year, uh, you need to pull some people together and get some other input. Yeah, you need to actually call the legislature and yes. do it right. Do and it, do it right. Do it, do it through checks and balances. That's the American way. Yeah. And anybody that calls us, you know, you bunch of conspiracy theorists or blah, 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 no, we're not conspiracy theorists. We're constitutionalists. We're people who care about how things get done. We're people who care about preserving our great nation and the systems that our founding fathers put in place. That's who we are. And I'll just say this, because that conspiracy theorist thing is another 
ridiculous name-calling uh, episode on the left. Uh, if you if something stinks and you can smell it with your nose, you're not a conspiracy theorist. You're you're a concerned citizen. You go, this doesn't look right. Yeah. This doesn't feel right. This is not the way it's meant to be. And when you start to have some concerns, uh, don't go, oh, I'm, I'm becoming a conspiracy theorist. No, you're actually using your brain. <laughs> you should be celebrated. Well, Unfortunately, that's I, not I think happening. the issue, like when you think conspiracy, like these people who have like the, the, the idea of these people, these people who have like, they're in their basement, they got nothing better to do to just restuff. That's not us. You got a family, you got a full play of things on your- This is the last thing we want to be talking about. The last thing I want to deal with is this issue. Seriously, like I, I don't have time for conspiracy. But when over and over again, I see things that doesn't make sense to me. I look at the data, I look at the statistics. You know, from objective, again, if you know me, you know, like, I don't lean, I'm not radical leaning one way. I get passionate about things, but I'm very even keel and looking at things objective, both sides. And hey, you're one of the, you're one of the best processors. I try to process know. think deeply. You think, you like, am I being too extreme? Am I out of the will? God, I pray about this. I try to look at it from an objective perspective. But when starting, look, starting from years past, when, when, when the left starts silencing people, again, it's it's like if my kid says to me, it's like, hey, dad, I want to talk to you. And like, I have a serious question about like, is God real? And when I, if I hear that question, I, I would love to engage with my son. And let's have a discussion. But if I just say to him, like, you know what? You're an idiot. Shut up. Don't talk. We're not talking about this. Over and over. And there's no no place for dialogue. I'm not saying I agree. But there's no place for dialogue. All you do is shut down from talking about God in school, for shutting down voices over and over and over again. Now, again, I haven't bought into all of this. And then, then, then you got the shutdown. And then you got cities burning. And you got governors and mayors letting cities burn. And innocent people being looted. And people are cheering that on. Like after a while, I'm just like, okay, these experts who are saying, I'm for you, I'm here to help you. You are the same expert that when I share my biblical worldview, you're calling me a nut because, exactly. because I believe in the Bible. So just based on that, how do I trust that you have my best interest in mind when, when you fundamentally, based on my worldview, are, are calling me crazy, but I'm living a striving family. My wife loves me. My kids love me. I'm a, I, my friends love me. I am not a nut by any definition. So there's a disconnect. If I'm truly a nut, then okay, maybe you're right. But I know I'm not. Hey, I vouch. Andrew is not, I'm not a nut. I'm not a nut. I'm an expert. I'm telling you, this guy right. is, this my, guy is by, And most metrics, I am not a nut. So, so again. <laughs> by, look, most metrics. by most metrics. So my point is, after a while, I'm starting to give in to, to think what is true and what is reality, you know, and what you're saying and the experts are saying, I'm like, wait a second, I no longer can. So it's not like I've shifted. It's the mainstream media, it's the so-called expert have shifted. And, 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 and after you cry wolf two, three, four, five, six, seven times, you're saying this is gonna happen, it doesn't happen. This is gonna happen, it doesn't happen. Eventually, I'm just like, you know what? I'm not, not dummy. You, you know, here's the problem. The, the American people are not dummies. That's why when President Trump came out and started calling fake news media fake news, it why resonates. do you think? Why do you, that's right. Why do you think he got elected? It's because people are sick and tired of the news media who are completely out of touch with a Christian worldview defining reality. Okay, now I, I hear people complain. It's like, hey. Be independent thinker and, and don't just listen to your church or to whatever. The problem was no one's truly independent thinker because everybody, even by the person on social media saying be an independent thinker, he's preventing you from being independent thinker because <laughs> he's trying to influence like <laughs> Unless you think like him because you're, he's influencing your view. So again, that's why, again, my biggest source of, of truth is me going to the scripture, studying the word of God, looking at and praying and seeking truth in the midst of that. And when people fundamentally says, 
because you seek truth in the word of God, you're wrong, you're blah, 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 blah. Then I'm just like, okay, that's a first check. Time out there. And from there on cascades. Let let God be true and every man a liar. Uh, And I I want to highlight a quote from one of my favorite quotes from C.S. Lewis, a great Christian worldview thinker. He said, of all the tyrannies, a tyranny sincerely exercised for the good of its victims may be the most oppressive. In other words, when our government officials are doing what they're doing for my good or for your good, yeah. that's when the red flag should go up because uh, that's what, that, that is the guise under which all of these draconian lockdowns, which are destroying life, they're not helping life, they're not preserving life, they're not saving lives. When you hear uh, Joe Biden saying, we need to get together and have all, you know, shut the economy down so we can save lives, that is a bold-faced lie. They're not, that doesn't save life. It actually damages life. Let me show you. Give me a perfect example of this. In Chicago, a, a severe new policy takes place on Monday. That, that was this past Monday. Ordering non-essential businesses to close and others to stay home. Quote, you must cancel normal Thanksgiving plans, Mayor Lori Lightfoot demanded, particularly if they include guests that do not live in your immediate household. What about your immediate family? I'm sorry if you have more than 10 and your immediate family, no turkey for them either. Now, when you have a mayor demanding things for your own good, that's what our founding fathers, that's what C.S. Lewis just referred to as tyranny. There is zero authority there. Government does not have the authority to define what essential and non-essential is. Where did they come up with that authority? We need to be asking, where does the Constitution, state Constitution, uh, national Constitution, give an elected official the authority to define what is essential and non-essential? I don't think you'll find it anywhere. Yeah, and and there needs to be awakening in American people to recognize that historically, over thousands of years of human history, okay, government, those who are in power wanting more power, is the same playbook. Over and over and over again. People should not be like, well, they're fine. They've never done this before. This is unprecedented. Nope. Over throughout history, those who are in power always wants more power unless they're checks and balances. Unless the people right. That's why there's revolutions that happen over and over again. If everything's good, nothing ever happened, then we wouldn't have revolutions. The reason for revolution is because those in power overreach, taken over. So again, looking at something like this, people need to be awakened to be like, oh, wait, history's playing itself. This is the natural uh, slide of human nature. They want more power. And I quote again the wisdom of Edmund Burke, uh, again, great statesman, great politician, and someone who studied history. And, and Andrew's bringing out an amazing point. None of the playbook here is old. This is the same place that have been. It, it, here's the difference. It's new to Americans because we've never had to deal with this kind of tyranny that we're facing right now. This is what Burke said. The people never give up their liberties, but under some delusion. I just want to tell you that the COVID hysteria is one of the biggest uh, delusions ever placed on American people. It is a delusion that inspires fear. It is a delusion that gets people to give away their liberties in the name. This is the one that ticks me off. In the name of loving your neighbor, uh, which is a great delusion. What a twisting of biblical truth to suggest that we're supposed to stop living our lives and hide away in our rooms. We can't be with our loved ones. We can't visit people in the hospital. We can't visit people in the nursing home. We can't leave our house. We can't even have our families over to celebrate 
thanksgiving, which is not to thank God for our mayors and our governors primarily. It's to thank God for God. It's to honor God. It's to give him glory. So this is a delusion that's come over America, and we're willing to give up our liberties. In fact, this is another point that's brought out in this article, and you and I talked about this. Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito uh, had plenty to say about these dictatorial policies last week. I quote, this is a Supreme Court justice. We have never before seen restrictions as severe, extensive, and prolonged as those we have experienced for most of 2020. Think of all the live events that would otherwise be protected by the right of freedom of speech. This current crisis has served as what he called a sort mm -hmm. of, quote, constitutional stress test. And in doing so, it has highlighted disturbing trends that were already present before oh, the virus. So struggle. good. So oh. good. He could read. He could read. The, and talk the about experts. Are we going to are we going to listen to this expert? Yeah. Or, how about our yeah. Supreme Court justice as an expert? Again, it's all someone's opinion at some point. So don't tell me expert because all these experts are human beings with their opinion. How about Supreme Court justice opinion? You know, so it, it becomes a power grab at the end when everyone's an expert or everyone is entitled to their opinion. It becomes a power grab who has the largest voice. Again, so at that point, it's just chaos. It's all chaos. And here's something else that I know you and I agree about. When we hear the phrase, we're all in this together, I just want to find a garbage can and vomit because uh, we're not in this together, not in the sense that we should be. In a term of a genuine war or a genuine national crisis, Americans, good-hearted Americans, rally together, and we do what we can because we are all in this together. Yeah. But when you see such blatant hypocrisy, when you see you know Nancy Pelosi telling everybody, you got to stay locked up in your house, and then she goes out and gets her hair done, right. uh, or you see Governor Newsom, uh, uh, you were Thanksgiving, just Thanksgiving, about... there's some party out with a bunch of people, you know, video footage of that, when he's telling people not to gather. Here's my thing, it's like, Again, go back to your parent, okay? If I keep telling my kids, like, you guys need to pray, you guys need to love Jesus, and they never see me praying, they or never see Jesus. me spend time with God, and I say, hey, you need to be kind to each other, but they see me yelling at my wife, you know what that does to the kid? It destroys them on a fundamental level, not only to not take their dad seriously, to not take God seriously, to not take the words I say seriously. So when you see these guys who are preaching one way, but doing something completely differently, what does that do to the people? Oh, it, what does it do to I'll you? I'll tell you what yeah. it does. It completely undermines any sense of reverence or respect for the rule of law. Because yes. you know, Governor Prisker, this is all this is all stuff that's out there in the open. After having these again draconian measures, shutdowns, everybody's got to stay home. No Thanksgiving. Well, his family just flew to Florida, where they're going to celebrate Thanksgiving, and he was planning on flying to Florida to join his family until his hypocrisy was publicly exposed. So don't sit there as you media elites and you government elites telling us what we are supposed to do while you say one thing and you do another. You're the dangerous people. You're the ones that are undermining the rule of law in this country. You're the ones that are getting good Americans that are so sick and tired of watching this doublespeak uh, that we're basically saying, you know, we're fed up with it all. And that's not good when people, good people are fed up. 
yeah. with what's going on because you are a bunch of hypocrites. That's not good. And you're the ones that are undermining this nation and the rule of law in this nation. And, and what grieves me is not like I don't enjoy bashing these public officials. And, 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 but what I see is it's, it's such a deterioration of the republic as we see. This is bad news for everybody. Anybody. When I see a pastor fall because of moral failures, it grieves. You know, we just talked Absolutely. about we are so grieved. We're not like, yeah, that guy. No, we're grieving because we know that undermines the faith in people, undermines Christians, undermine their faith. When I see governors and, and, and elected officials being hypocrites, it grieves us. We're like, why? What are we living in? What country are we living in? Yeah. This is supposed to be the greatest nation in the world when there's such hypocrisy and tyranny. Like, what's going on? We, we call our government officials public servants. That means they're, when you are elected into office, you have a sacred trust to serve people, not to live by a separate standard where you got the commoners and then you got the elites. In fact, our constitution forbids any use of royal language or any use of some kind of a hierarchical language in referring to our public officials. Uh, we don't have kings and queens in America. We have a rule of people who should be treated equally under the law. And when you see churches uh, that are treated uh, uh, in, a, in a different standard than, than like in Nevada, we, we, we see... Uh, casinos. casinos that are open, but churches cannot be open. And I just want to say that if you're a pastor and you roll over and you accept that, there is a lack of courage or simply an ignorance about what freedom is because you should be one of the leaders. You should be one of the people screaming the loudest. But how have we gotten into this weird situation today when people in the pulpit are afraid to simply stand up for liberty and to push back and to recognize that the church is not governed by the state, that the church is under the lordship of Jesus Christ. We're, we're, we are getting what we deserve, and we should be preaching strong in our pulpits today. I'll just say this too. When you see what just happened uh, in Hillsong, which is a nationally known movement of churches, and again, I respect Hillsong. I respect their worship. We sing a lot of their worship. So I'm not bashing Hillsong, but when you see a lead pastor who's committing adultery, three times a week uh, with a woman who's not his wife and and uh, and will not, and in that movement, there's not a, a bold speaking out of these injustices. There's not a pushback. There's not a willingness to fight. There's not a prophetic calling out. And I just want to tell you this, a church that has lost its prophetic voice is usually a sign of a pulpit that has become morally compromised. When pastors lose their prophetic voice, that is a time when we need to be looking at what's going on in the private life of that pastor. It's probably not good uh, because I tell you what, sin makes cowards of us all. And when you lose your prophetic voice, it's usually because, because you have lost your place of intimacy with God and you have lost your voice altogether. That's a scary place for the pulpit to yeah. be. No, absolutely. So I want to encourage us uh, that you know what? Here's I'm just going to make a public declaration. We're going to have Thanksgiving at our house, and we're going to have more than ten people. And you know why? Because my family's bigger than ten people, and we're and we're going to have people outside of our family. In fact, I might invite you guys just to swing over, just for liberty's sake. Well, we got our own big party. Now you're my family. Yeah. You are my family. But 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 my point is this: anybody that is even thinking, and I don't care where you're listening to this, uh, what state you reside in. But if you are even having a thought about canceling the celebration of family coming together and giving thanks to the Lord yeah. and honoring them and enjoying a meal together because some bureaucrat is mandating or some expert in some lab uh, somewhere in the world is telling you that you can only arbitrarily have 10 people 
Like, tell me, where's the science in that? I mean, these are all simply policy opinions from somebody's somebody's heart. I'm just telling you, you don't have to abide by any of it. None of it is the law. And if it were the law, we should be spending our Thanksgiving out on the streets in protest uh, because our liberties are being trampled. So let me just say this, celebrating Thanksgiving, coming together worship. These are acts of freedom-loving people who refuse to succumb to the hysteria and fear that is largely the uh, cultural atmosphere of America today. Do something for liberty. Get together, eat a drumstick, give God praise, commit yourselves to being citizens of not only the kingdom of heaven, but citizens of the United States of America. And let's do something. One more good quote here from Edmund Burke. Um, he said this, uh, all tyranny needs to gain a foothold is for people of good conscience to remain silent. Can I encourage you? Use the greatest thing that you have, and that's your voice. Gather together, worship the Lord, sing songs of praise and thanksgiving, speak boldly. Don't let these folks silence you by calling you all kinds of names. Speak boldly. Use the voice that you have and deal with that treasonous voice within, which Pastor Andrew highlighted in last Sunday's message. In fact, I encourage you to go on our on our website and listen to it. So many people were rocked when they really dealt with that traitor within. Yeah. So deal with the traitor within. Final. I'm gonna. I, yeah. I, I'm gonna give you final no, comments today. Part of what I mentioned is the prophetic power of fear. That fear itself is fake news. That was so good. But but highlight yeah. that though. The, what do you mean prophetic power of fear? So what you're afraid of will not come true because it's not reality. But what? But how? How fear makes. Fear but itself is an illusion. It's an illusion. But when you abide by it, when you when you buy into it, uh, and don't act, and don't speak up, and don't re or react out of it, or trigger by fear, you actually bring about what you're most afraid of. That's good. And that's the power. So fear, of fear. becomes a self fulfilling For, prophecy when yeah, you exactly. attach faith to it. Yeah. Which is when, funny because we think of faith and fear as opposites, but you can put faith in what you're afraid of. Yes. And God wants us to say, no, step into my reality because the kingdom of God is not about fear. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. There's yep. no fear in that. So our job is to, wherever that, that, that the weakness or the source, the sore spot of fear is, is to engage in that directly and bring it to Jesus. Because as long as we're hampered by fear, we end up walking out its reality. That's so and we need, the, we need the eyes to be able to see, no, I want to walk in God's reality and overcome fear. The opposite is true. When you believe the word of God and you speak the word of God and you put your faith in what God has to say, yeah. you that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy in the sense that what you believe and what you speak is what you get according to Scripture. So, you know, I want to encourage you this coming Sunday. I'm so excited. We're going to have kind of a standalone message. It's the Sunday right before Easter, right before Thanksgiving. And, uh, and I'm going to be talking about the power of a thankful heart this coming Sunday. It's going to be something you don't want to miss. We're going to be meeting uh, at 8.30, 10 o'clock, 11.30. Of course, our, two, our second and third services are, uh, are, are streamed online. Uh, you, can, you can access that from our website. If you can't be with us in person, we encourage you to watch online. Uh, but it's going to be an amazing, amazing time. And I just, you know, I declared this before. I'll declare it again. Um, there will never be a lockdown for Livingstone's Church ever again. Uh, that's not the government's job. That's not who we're called to be. We're moving forward. Uh, somebody called me up after the latest set of uh, instructions from our state. 
suggestions. Uh, suggestions, mm -hmm. yes, and said, uh, well, what's Livingstone's going to do? Nothing. We're not doing anything different. We're going to have three services. We're going to meet. We're going to worship the Lord. We're going to preach the word. We're going to hug one another. We're going to get encouragement and life from being together. And we're going to be the essential church of Jesus Christ from now till Jesus comes. No further instructions needed. That, that's our approach. And I believe it's a biblical approach. So we want to encourage you, share this with somebody. There's so many people that need to hear this. I, I get calls every week from people who don't go to our church who are saying, Pastor, I, would you please give me some wisdom on this? I, I, I'm not understanding why our church is not opening its doors and why we're not worshiping. Yeah. So um, please share this abroad. Get it out. People need to hear the truth. And please comment on our, our feed because we love to hear from you and we want to be able to interact with you as we continue to speak into I, what you're dealing with. I just with. got one more. Just what yep. you said. It's like, again, what is save lives? We're, we're talking about phys purely physical health. Again, I mean... What about emotional health? What about spiritual health? What about all these other crucial, important yeah. parts? Loneliness, yep. fellowship, spiritual growth, momentum, you know, sanity. What about all these other avenues that is just totally ignored by everyone else, by government, because we want to save lives? You know, the people we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis, weekly basis, that that people won't even know because these are our, our ministries and private conversations about uh, the need for health, the need for emotional healing and, and spiritual healing. Like, how important is that? Yeah. So, Absolutely. I mean, people, no and, one talks and, about and, it. And just, just so you know, we've been meeting now for five months. Uh, have we had some people come down with COVID? Yeah. It's, it's a flu bug. We have flu. People get the flu every year. We tell them, stay home, get well, and then come back to worship. Not after two weeks. But when you feel better, uh, our church is not full of sickness. We get together every week, hundreds and hundreds of people, and we worship together. We're not dealing with an epidemic spread. We're not in, dealing with a big spike. We're not dealing with anybody dying. Praise the Lord. Um, so my point is, so much of this is a delusion. It's, it's hysteria that's created largely by media and those who have an agenda. Fight the agenda. Worship God. You'll never, ever go wrong with worshiping the Lord and putting him first in your life and then loving your neighbor. As yeah, the Bible is very clear. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All, all these things, things will be given unto you. Amen. So have a great week. Let us pray for you, Lord. Bless everybody that's listening to this. I pray that you're encouraged. We pray for America, Lord. Save our great nation. Have mercy upon us, Lord, even though we're not deserving of it, God. Bring repentance to America. Turn our hearts back to you, Jesus. And I pray that the pulpits would be full of fire and prophetic passion and courage and that we would lead instead of following, instead of rolling over. Give us courage to lead boldly uh, in these turbulent times. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thanks for joining us. Hey, we'll see you next week.